With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. My name is Preston Washington. Coming to you, I'm your host this evening for the Guest of Freedom, coming to you out of Kansas City, Missouri. I'm a genealogist here, president of the Midwest Afro-American Genealogical Interest Coalition. My guest tonight is Marshall Jones III. Marshall is the producing artistic director for Crossroads Theater Company. Good evening, Robert. I mean, Marshall. Yes, good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Okay, I'm great. Okay, Crossroads Theater Company. Uh, You're in New Jersey? Yes, we are in New Brunswick, New Jersey, about midway between New York and Philadelphia. Okay. I'm curious how you came about the name Crossroads. First thing I thought about was the blues man, Robert Johnson. (laughs) You down at the Crossroads? Um. That wasn't exactly it. Um, As the story goes, when the founders were looking for a place uh, to to locate the theater, uh, that building is no longer there, but it was at the crossroads of Two Highway. And it was always wanting to be the coming together of all types of people, Um, so crossroads seemed to fit well. And that was back in 1978. And how long have you been with the theater company there? Seven years. I started in 2007. Okay. So but, what we uh, got going on up there right now? Well, we, um, just, uh, we're in the middle of what we're calling Legacy Month. Um, we have decided to, instead of doing a production uh, during the month of February, which obviously is African American History Month, that we would celebrate our legacy and our culture and at the same time put together a series of fundraising activities. Um, so we've had uh, two so far. We have two more to go, and uh, that's pretty—it's pretty exciting. Um, and then coming up in April, we have the world premiere of a brand new play by best-selling novelist Walter Mosley called *Lift*. And that play opens April. Okay, that's Walter Mosley, April the tenth. Yes. Okay. Well, let's get back to Legacy Month. You got a couple of events yet to come up. Uh, tell us about the first one to come up. Um, the first one is actually this this Saturday, and it's called the Movie Marathon. We have about uh, ten people participating to watch five hours of movies in a row, starting at eleven o'clock, and we should wrap up around nine nine thirty. Um, and I got this idea last year, where um, I'm a professor at Rutgers, and the students raised six hundred thousand dollars by doing a uh, a dance marathon. So 
what we decided to do was a movie marathon where we were watching five movies in a row. All the movies capture the spirit of, uh, of Crossroads and our mission, which is to create professional uh, theater of the highest standards um, that celebrate the culture, history, spirit, and voices of the entire African diaspora. Um, that is our mission, and we select movies to do that. And um, uh, we ask the people that uh, participate to, to raise um, $250. That's the suggested number, which kind of equates to about $10 per movie. So um, we're excited about that. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Have you ever watched five movies in a row? Never watched five in a row. No. <laughs> what will they be watching? What movie? Uh, we, 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 we broke it up into genres. So we start with a musical and, um, all of the people that participate get a chance to, uh, to select the movies. So we'll be watching, uh, dream girls first. And, um, then we will, uh, watch the documentary 20 feet to stardom. Then Eve's bio and love Jones. And we'll be ending up with a comedy the Richard Pryor classic, Which Way is Up? Okay, um, 20 feet from stardom. Um, that's relative to background singers, right? Correct. Um, okay. And is that from the 1960s, 50s? or? Um, I believe it, it, it examines uh, background singers from uh, the 60s. Okay. And the Love Jones, does that have a basketball motif in it? Um, yes, that um, deals with some um, uh, two two folks that are in love, and uh, yeah, it has a basketball background. Yeah, and uh, you said you're finishing up with a Richard Pryor movie. Which way is up? Which way is up? Oh, yeah, that's From a good one. <laughs> Yeah, and we yeah. have. Um, I'm a professor at Rutgers, so we have some students that are involved, and and they haven't seen a lot of the movies. Um, we feed the people that watch the movies, and um, and uh, there's some real interesting conversation and dialogue in between. So uh, we we enjoy that. Great. We enjoy that. Mm-hmm. So we start with Dream Girls, um, Twenty Feet from Stardom, mm-hmm. Love Jones. And uh, Richard Ease Price. Bio. Up. And Ease well, Bio. One. Yeah, Ease Bio. Ease Bio. And okay. uh, that's a Samuel L. Jackson movie. And then um, Which Way Is Up? Okay, great. Just got a tweet here that the uh, 20 feet from stardom cast will be on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, wow. And along with Ilyasa Shabazz, that's going to be tomorrow. That's, uh, that's great timing. <laughs> yes, it is. And you're yeah. coming up, uh, your deal is Saturday, so you might let your folks know about that. Absolutely. We, we, we can do that with all of these so, wonderful technologies. Oh, hey, instant technology, isn't it? Instant, right now. Now, um, the second event in... Um, Legacy Month, what's that entail? We're going to be, that's March 2nd, um, and we'll be honoring the playwright Richard Wesley. Um, he has written uh, several plays, including uh, The Town of the Tenth. He's also a screenwriter, 
And um, when he was a, a young pup in the 70s, uh, Bill Cosby tabbed him to write uh, Uptown Saturday Night, the, oh, yeah. uh, the movie with Sidney Poitier. Exactly. What yeah. else is he noted for? Any other movies that uh, Richard Wesley's noted for? Um, he did the TV movie about Mandela. He also did the sequel to um, to Uptown Saturday Night called Let's Do It Again. And that used, that starred uh, J.J. from Good Times. Yeah, okay. Mr. Richard Wesley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a noted uh, playwriting teacher at NYU. And um, we're, we're just honored. Um, and he, he's been a part of Crossroads for quite some time. So this is... This is a nice little celebration. He's a Howard grad, so he was there, I believe, right before um, Debbie Allen and Felicia Rashad. Um, oh, okay. But he comes from that uh, that Howard uh, that Har- Howard class. And and prior to that, uh, February ninth, we had a, a program called Founders Day, and um, the 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 founders of Crossroads um, had a parting in uh, 1988, and then the new building, uh, brand new uh, complex, four stories high, 300 seats, was built in 1991. However, the, uh, the the founder that left has never been in this building, um, but he he came back 25 years later, and um, it was it was quite an event. We had a lot of um, uh, former staff. And a former artist, so it was um, it was a very special special moment. And then uh, last week we did a play, a reading of a play called "Repairing a Nation" by a young playwright named Nicole Salter. It's a beautiful play that tackles uh, reparations, but um, she does a great job of humanizing and um, using a family. Uh, as kind of a metaphor for the race and what we need to do in order to heal, to move forward. But it, it looks at the effects of the 1921 uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma race riots in Greenwood. Oh, yeah, in Greenwood. Yes. I so it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating play, and we'll be doing a full production of that next year in 2015. Okay. And uh, you've been with Crossroads seven years. How long have you been at Rutgers? I've been at Rutgers since 2002. Um, and I, uh, I, I graduated from Rutgers in 1985, so um, it's, it's, it's changed a bit since then. <laughs> yeah. And do um, you have anything to your credit in terms of plays? And Well, I, I'll be directing Lyft. That's the, the new Walter Mosley play, and um, we're really excited about that. Um, one one challenge that a lot of novelists have is that they work singularly. They essentially have their editor, and um, it's not collaborative. And um, some of them find that uh, pretty challenging to, to kind of move into a collaborative art form like theater when you have so many other people interpreting the work that they create. I can say that Walter is not like that. He is energized by the the collaborative process and has has just been great. Um, so we're very excited about the production. And 
even though he hasn't had many plays uh, produced, he's a natural and gifted storyteller. So if you've ever read any of his novels, you know, you can't put it down <laughs> because uh, the mystery and the plot twists and the characters are always um, so nuanced and sophisticated and, and, and interesting. And the same thing is true with his plays. So the play Lift in an elevator of a multinational finance company and um, there is a couple that's on the elevator when and then it is uh, there's a homegrown terrorist attack um, and they are trapped in the elevator there's no electricity and uh, it's the summertime and they can plunge to their death at any time so the play uh, the word lift is a European word for elevator but it also what happens is the the veil that we all have as we deal with people, particularly strangers, are lifted. And these two, um, their secrets are exposed, and um, a lot goes on in a little 90 minutes that uh, Walter has jam-packed. Um, so we're really excited. We had auditions on uh, on Tuesday. We have uh, callbacks coming up on, on Wednesday. Mr. Mosley will be in town, so um, hopefully by Thursday we'll have our cast. And what are some of the novels that we might uh, be familiar with? Well, one of his uh, most famous is uh, Devil in the Blue Dress. Um, they made a oh, movie. Okay. They made a movie of that with uh, Denzel Washington. Denzel, um, yes. He uh, and that that particular uh, character, Easy Rollins, his second to last novel, which came out oh about five or six years ago, he killed off Easy Rollins, or so he thought. And he last year he just uh, uh, wrote a new novel about Easy called Little Green, where he comes uh, uh, Easy Rollins comes back to life. So that's that's pretty fascinating um, about okay. that. So um, and he's going to be coming to New Brunswick. Where's he uh, stationed? At? Where's he work out of? Uh, he works out of New York. Um, and he's a prolific writer. He has essays. Um, he gets up at the crack of dawn every morning and uh, writes. Um, he recently signed a deal with uh, HBO and uh, Lawrence Fishburne to develop one of his books into a um, into a, a, a TV show. And uh, Mr. Fishburne was in a movie with that same character. Um, I think it was about in 2000. Okay. Um, perhaps. Yeah, and the, the, the characters, the, the, um, the book and the movie has the same title. It's called Always Outnumbered, Always Outgained. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays uh, Socrates, the name of the character who was just released from prison and trying to get his life together. Uh, Natalie Cole is in the movie um, and a, a couple other stars so that's going to be a series on HBO wow yeah I recall that um, it was a good movie yes okay New Brunswick New Jersey I want to remind our listeners that they can give us a call here three four seven well I'll get back to you with that number but anyway, you're coming. We're coming to you over the guestoffreedom.com. Want to remind you that these 
programs are available free of charge via iTunes at blackhistoryblog.com. Okay, seven years there at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. About 12 years. Is that a call coming in? We have a caller on the line? Okay. And um, are you still there, Mr. Jones? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, I thought we had a call come in. I heard some, uh, some noise there. And um, you've been with Rutgers since uh, 2002. So when you graduated from Rutgers, uh, how long did it take you to come back and get on the staff there? Uh, well, I guess, you know, like a lot of college grads, I, I wasn't certain what I wanted to do. Um, so I took a little time away from theater. I worked at Hertz and then uh, realized that, you know, the corporate world just wasn't for me. And I, I went to NYU grad school and got my degree in arts administration and producing. Um, so I graduated from there and worked at the Harlem School of the Arts. And then I worked in Newark Symphony Hall in Newark, New Jersey. And then a, a little theater in Harlem called the Apollo came calling. So uh, I went back to Harlem and worked at the Apollo for a few years as the general manager. Okay, and how long were you there, and who did you um, come across there? Who, who did you have the opportunity to work with? Lots of folks. Um, um, I was there from, like, 92 to 95. Um, so I guess the, one of the highlights was uh, James Brown had... Uh, taped his third Live at the Apollo album there, so working with Mr. Brown was, was quite a treat. Um, so that was, uh, that was a very fond memory. We also did uh, some TV, a couple TV specials called the Apollo Theater Hall of Fame, um, and that was, uh, that was kind of special. It was aired on, on, um, on uh, NBC. So we had B.B. King, we had Regina Bell, um, Eric Clapton, just great, great, great talent. And then uh, that was uh, also in the height of the syndicated TV show Showtime at the Apollo, which um, the, the Apollo Theater Foundation, who I worked for, we didn't produce that. Um, uh, Percy Sutton's company produced that. Um, but we certainly didn't have any dull days. With uh, That was when Snoop was certainly at his height and uh, the whole gangster rap movement with uh, Biggie and and uh, oh, Tupac yeah. and all that. that so they all, came, they all came through the... Pro- yes, that certainly did lead to Sleepless Nights when we would do these concerts. Um, moving back to Crossroads, what stars have you had appearing there at Crossroads? Well, when the, the, the new building first opened up in 1991... Um, it was opened by Bill Cosby, so he pretty much was the first performer on the stage. And in 1991, his TV show was was still very, very strong, and it was a, a huge um, kind of boost to open up this new building. Uh, the paint backstage was was uh, not even dry yet. I believe that was one of the jokes that Mr. Cosby made. Um, uh, so that was a, a really crowning achievement to have this um, at the time $4 million facility uh, opened up 
that is um, doing work exclusively um, for black people, produced by black people, um, where a couple of college grads in 1976 dared to dream. And two years later, they opened up a company. And, um, you know, so that that was a, a mm-hmm. momentous time, yes. Okay. Now, the new building, 1991, when did... Um Crossroads began initially. 1978. 1978. 1978. Yeah, it was part of, and it was pretty much funded the first two years with um, federal dollars. Um, the Carter administration, actually, I'm told it started with uh, Nixon, but the CETA program, Comprehensive Employment Training Act, and the the federal government would pay because um, the money went to uh, urban areas to help provide skills. So we're building sets, that's carpentry, we have lighting, that's electricians, um, we have box office people, that's customer service, we have actors, they're performers. So it was really a great opportunity because everyone that was around at that time got a chance to just do everything and um, be on payroll automatically. Um, so they would literally be cleaning the toilets, um, answering phones in the box office, and then at uh, 7 o'clock go change, get in the costume, and perform at 8. So without the the pressure of sales and fundraising, it it, it gave them a tremendous advantage. They only did the um, that th- those grants for two years because one of the things is that once you've uh, done it for one year, you're not eligible for the next year. And a, a, a company of artists was growing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to think for people who don't feel that um, the federal government should be involved in these kinds of activities, I think the um, the few thousand dollars that was given was a, a, an investment um, that certainly paid off. Certainly paid off starting in 1978, and you're still going strong. Yes. Did you guys have any partnerships with uh, New York theaters? Um, Yeah, absolutely. In 1983, there was a production of Paul Robeson done by Avery Brooks. Avery Brooks was was one of my professors at Rutgers, and he also worked at Crossroads. And it was directed by a gentleman named Hal Scott, one of the foremost black directors in the country. he left us in 2005, but um, it was an extraordinary production. Um, Avery uh, w- was and is a fantastic singer. He also is like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, so he has the size of a Paul Robeson and certainly the depth in terms of, of, of acting. Um, so that show w- was moved into New York. It was a really short run. Um, but that was kind of Crossroads' first foray. Then in 1986, um, Crossroads got a grant from CBS to find the best play in the country. And they got over 1,000 entries, and the play that they chose was The Colored Museum by George C. Wolfe. Um, and that, that play kind of put Crossroads on the map. It went on to play New York, it played London, it traveled all over the country, and it helped launch the career of George Wolfe, who went on to to run the, the public theater in the 90s, and now he's a big Hollywood director. 
and he got his start right there with you guys. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And it was it was a controversial show. I mean, uh, 1986, the climate was really different, and Cart Museum actually it satirizes a lot of, um, I guess, some sacred areas of, of black history. Um, but Mr. Mr. Wolf wanted to make comments on it and us. So um, it has, and it's done by colleges all across the country, and there's still some really, really funny scenes. I like to say it was in living color before in living color. Oh, okay. There's a great scene where uh, there are two wigs, um, well, actresses whose heads stick out of a table, and um, one has uh, all natural, nice afro, and one has relaxed hair. And then the girl is getting ready to go out, and she's got her wig cap on. And the the two different hairs are saying why they should wear, why each one each one should be worn. Um, whether it's you know I can fling my hair, and then the other one's like she's all natural. It's really funny. It, it's funnier when you see it. It's not as funny when I explain it. <laughs> um, I got the picture. Yes. Uh, and uh, so, what other controversial types of productions has um, Crossroads been involved in? Um, I'm not sure the word is controversial. I mean, I think that was probably that was probably the most. But I think the important thing to recognize by Crossroads is, is that you know diversity is not a code word. You know, it's not an end thing, like like branding or, or, or one of these other kind of business things. It's who we are. It's our DNA. We don't have to work at it. We are who we are. And there's an intrinsic sense of pride that we have in our plays because these are our people. So I look back to, I believe it was 1990, and a play about the Tuskegee Airmen called Black Eagles was done and it was moved down to the Ford's Theater and the first President George Bush saw it along with um, Colin Powell who was not Secretary of the State at that point I believe he was the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and um, uh, the next day uh, George H.W. Bush opens up his press conference and he's going on and on about this great production about the Airmen and uh, uh, the first George Bush was a World War II veteran, and that that was a, a crowning achievement. And then the founder of Crossroads wrote a, a a slightly different play, a different take on the Tuskegee Airmen called Fly. We first aired that in 2009 here at Crossroads, and um, our friends at the Fords saw it and they were impressed. And let's see, um, the fall of 2012, yes. The fall of 2012, it was done um, uh, at the at the Ford's Theater in D.C. Now, the Ford's Theater is the same theater where President Lincoln got shot, okay. and they restored it. Um, uh, the balcony that um, he was in is off limits, but there's a flag that drapes it, and it's kind of it's been memorialized. Uh, when I went to the opening night of Fly, I was about 20 feet away from there. I had seats in the balcony. And below me, 
in the in the orchestra section were original airmen who were like 70, 80 years old, and they wore their red jackets, and they were, it was just chilling, chilling moment to see their stories unfold right in front of their eyes and then to be 20 feet away from the, uh, the, the location where President Lincoln got shot. It was quite amazing. And um, uh, Peter Harvey, um, I'm sorry, not, not Peter Harvey, our, um, our attorney general's wife was at the show, um, and she um, raved about it and kept telling uh, the first lady that she needs to see it. She should take the girls. It's really important. And uh, lo and behold, on the final production, uh, uh, final performance, um, uh, Michelle Obama and the, the, her two daughters came to see the show. She went backstage. She got to meet the cast, and uh, that was that was just thrilling. Um, I, I wasn't there, but the founder was there. He directed and wrote the show, and um, I was also told that pictures were not able to be taken because this was not an event that was on the official calendar. So I'm not oh, exactly I... sure why they do that, but um, that was that was. Um, so that's kind of a highlight, and, and I, I think the important thing to recognize is is that we want to produce plays that celebrate, that celebrate our culture and our history, and we do it from a perspective that's authentic, because we are who we are, and I think that's one of the things that makes Crutchos unique. I'm so glad that you um, brought the Tuskegee Airmen up. Mm-hmm. It's important for our listeners, and particularly our African-American listeners to understand, and our white listeners as well, that black folks made a significant contribution to what they're now calling the greatest generation. Generation, absolutely. We were there. Most assuredly, we were there. Uh, did you happen to see the movie Red Tails? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? I never sat through the whole thing, Um um, I, I, I must say I don't get to see many movies <laughs> except during a movie marathon. Um, being uh, Working in a theater and um, uh, being a full-time professor kind of keeps up my time. But it, it seemed that, that particular movie seemed to emphasize more the action part. So it was kind of Star Wars up, up, in, up in the air. Um, and I think our plays, both Black Eagles and Fly, really go into the heart of these men and, and why they were so brave and what made them special, what made them a part of this greatest generation that um, we, we like to laud. Um, but we need to recognize that it didn't just stop with you know the, the, the white figures that are, are listed all the time mm-hmm. and that there are many, many contributions by that generation. And um, do you guys have a website? Yes, we do. It's www.crossroadstheatercompany.org. That's crossroads, plural, theater, R-E, and company spelled out. Uh, we are a not-for-profit company. Um, and um, uh, so there are charities, uh, uh, contributions, are uh, fully tax deductible, and I, I'll just say that our movie marathon is um, 
is tax deductible. We, we're, we're accepting contributions, so if anybody wants to support that, they can go to GoFundMe um, slash Movie Marathon and, um, and, and, and provide support that way. Okay, GoFund, that's F-U-N-D, yeah. me.com. Yeah, I think they're let me just double check really quick. I, I believe they're dot org. Oh. Um, oh, this is terrible. Dead air is bad for radio, right? No, it's GoFundMe.com. Sorry. Okay, GoFundMe.com, and there will be a logo there to click in reference to Movie Marathon, or will they look for uh, Crossroads um, Air Company? It will. It will be GoFundMe one word, dot com slash Marshall's Movie Marathon. And that is no apostrophe. So Marshall's Movie Marathon. And they can make a contribution there. Great. Marshall's Movie Marathon. And do you have a Facebook page? Yes, we do. It's Crosswoods Theater Company. You can like us. And um, we give out free tickets every Friday something that we're really excited about called Free Ticket Friday. All you have to do is answer a question, um, and then we put the names in a hat, and we'll pick it out, and we announce the winner on Saturdays. Um, we try to find questions that are related to the show. So like last week with Repairing a Nation, the show about reparations, there's a long-distance relationship in the show. So we had a question about long-distance relationships. So uh, people were answering that, and we picked a winner. I don't know exactly what they have planned for tomorrow's free ticket Friday, however. Okay. Uh, you mentioned uh, there was a play there uh, revelant, uh, revelant to uh, Paul Roberson. What other historical figures um, have uh, you portrayed there on your stage? And did you go back uh, maybe uh, back to as far back as the Underground Railroad, any of those historical figures, William Scale, people of that ilk? Um, yeah, I think um, we, in 1999, another show that we premiered here that went to Broadway was called It Ain't Nothing But the Blues, um, which was uh, uh, conceived by Ron Taylor. He's no longer with us. It starred Greg Porter, who uh, just won a, a Grammy, for uh, Best Jazz Vocalist, and uh, that was a celebration of the blues. We did a revival of that a few years ago. Um, we did a one-man show about Muhammad Ali um, a couple years ago. Um, one, one show that was done in 1988 that we also redid in, in 2008 is called Sheila's Day. And Ricardo Khan, the, the founder at the time, uh, apartheid was had a strong grip in South Africa, and he was able to work with the State Department and get six South African actors to come to America to put together a show. So we had six South African actors and six American actors, and they developed a show called Sheila's Day. And Sheila's Day, um, the, the word Sheila... Um, is a domestic worker in South Africa. Uh, white South Africans could never pronounce their names, so they just called them all Sheila. 
and Thursday is their traditional day off. So this play takes place on Thursdays, where the domestic workers of South Africa and the domestic workers of the American South come together and um, share their stories and their souls and their spirits. Um, in talking to um, some of the, and when we revived the show 20 years later, we cast some of the same actors who were in the show um, originally in 1988. And when I hear their stories, like when they would, they would be very, very frightened to go out in New Brunswick at night. And it wasn't because of you know urban, you know urban fear and 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 city life, but they were afraid in terms of the government and could not believe that black Americans could go out and have a drink and party and not have to worry about pass books and, and being out at night and, and so on and so forth. Um, so we did a revival of that show in 2008. We did a little bit opposite. We took American actors to South Africa and they rehearsed the show and um, it played at the historic market theater and then we brought it back here. Um, and, and that show has real, real special meaning because you you really see the commonalities in the plight of these workers um, a, a, an ocean away in terms of what they're experiencing from uh, um, as being oppressed and in oppressive situations in South Africa, and there's not much difference between them in the American South. Yeah, um, as you were talking, it kind of brought up in my mind uh, the movie The Help. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, aired recently. Now, do you guys often, they're always taking plays and adapting them from the, for the screen. Does the opposite occur? Well, it, it occurs on Broadway. <laughs> I mean, okay. they're, they're, they're um, you know, they're, there's a musical of Rocky that's opening up. Lion King was a movie first. Uh, there's a Legally Blonde, uh, so the list goes on and on. Actually, Hairspray, that was a movie first. And then they did the Broadway play, and then they made a movie about the Broadway play. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire, is that coming up, or has come up? Um, that played, yeah, they, they did a, uh, that was done with an all-African-American cast uh, starring Blair Underwood a couple seasons ago. Oh, it's been that yeah. long. That was, yeah, that was a limited run. Um, but Mr. Denzel Washington is is about to grace the stage again um, as Walter Lee Younger, Sidney Poitier role in A Raisin in the Sun. Okay, great. So that should be interesting, though the character exactly. is 36 years old. Mr. Washington so, is not 36, so. Yeah, much past 36. So. Yes. Memory um, serves me. I did get a chance to see him in Fences, where he played Troy, who's in his his fifties, and he was he was brilliant. The Tony Award he got from that was uh, well deserved. Um, but you 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 mentioned the help, and you know, um, quite frankly, I mean that was a, a, a white author, and I'm I'm oftentimes given scripts that have uh, African American subjects or African American subject writers uh, subject matters and the authors are white, and I'm hesitant at times, and I'm hesitant because um, the, there are so many black authors and black playwrights 
who don't have opportunities, who don't have a chance of, of having their voice heard. And mm-hmm. to me, it probably is coming from a more authentic place. It's coming from a place that's not observational but experiential, and that interests me. In fact, in that movie, I was far more interested in um, in the uh, the help <laughs> and their characters, um, uh, Viola Davis, um, who also worked at Crossroads in her young career in the 90s. I was much more interested in her characters than um, the the college girl. Yeah, she is one fantastic actress. Yes. One yeah. Fantastic yeah, I got a chance to see her in uh, King Hedley on Broadway, August Wilson's play, I believe, about 10 years ago, and she was just stunning. Fierce, very talented. But, yeah. You know, Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, quite frankly, there is no shortage of talent. There's lots and lots of talent out there, um, uh, both uh be- behind and writing um um acting directing there's no shortage you know the 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 challenge comes in the resources the challenge comes in the funding uh which is very limited um as theaters we have to compete with Netflix and the movies and Amazon Prime and things are far more closed one of the things i was telling my students just this morning in class was um, this be, because this current generation is bombarded with all kinds of imagery, whether it's so much in their, their iPhones and on their, their, their computers and their TV, that an evening in theater should really be embraced because you have to shut out the world. And in this dark room, with a, a, a share a unique experience, with a bunch of strangers, mm-hmm. experiencing characters who are going through conflicts, who are who have been inspired to try and overcome some obstacle, or they've been dealt a hand that they've got to figure out how to solve. And um, you know, unlike a TV show, everything's not going to be wrapped up nice and easy. Um, but hopefully, we can challenge them in a way that motion pictures, and television cannot because we have them right in front of us. So exactly. hopefully the, 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 the younger generation will kind of recognize the value of an experience like this, the value of something that's live and, um, and not virtual or digitized, um, but, you know, kind of old-fashioned, kind of nice and now, simple. Well, I was watching Frontline last night, and uh, they were doing a special on these young kids and Facebook and social media. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's you know, the, the, the thing to do out there now is to get likes. Everybody wants likes. <laughs> and this kid, um, I guess he had 3 million followers and uh, 18 years old and practically living off endorsements. Wow. Uh, Yes, through his YouTube uh, YouTube account. And it, what about your uh, contact information before we 
get away from here if our uh, listeners might want to contact you directly. Can they do that, and how would they do that? Sure. Um, you can go to our website. We have the contact button with the phone number or the email. The phone number is 732-545-8100. Or you can email me at membership at crossroadstheatercompany.org. Great. But it, it's it's a brave new world we're entering, and it's 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 very very fast. I was also telling my students, you know, the divorce rate has kind of kind of leveled off at fifty percent, but it might increase because I, I don't know if you're married, but I am, and one thing I can tell you is how important communicating is, and if you're texting and your head is down on a screen all the time, you're not communicating in a real meaningful way. I have students that will break up over the Internet, either through Facebook or texting and not saying eye to eye, you know, I think we should go in different ways. Or they'll ask someone out, which they don't really do. They just say we hook up. So it's not like you're formally with somebody. It's interesting how times change. Is it... um I was just this afternoon at lunch um, looking at couples sitting there together, and they're both on their phones. On their phones, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a brave new world out there. Which I, which I believe just speaks to the value of what we do, because you, you, you can. In fact, um, when people do uh, answer phone, I was at a Broadway show last night, and in the most um, inopportune time, somebody's phone went off. The play was a glass menagerie, and when Laura hands the glass menagerie to the gentleman caller, I mean, it's a silent moment, and her phone went off. And guess what? She answered. <laughs> She answered. I mean, everybody just started shushing her, and she she left out the theater. But that uh, well, it's a good thing she wasn't in Florida. <laughs> yeah, stand your ground, right? Yeah. Um, she might have got hurt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of your students, or you were speaking of your students. Um, yes. What advice would you give to our young listeners out there that wanted to break into the theater world? What would you advise? Well, I would say it's a very, very tough business. And if there's anything else you'd rather do, do it. And you might say, well, that's not very positive. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you, 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 you go in this business and you do this because you wouldn't be happier doing anything else. And I've had students on both sides. I've had students that's like, you know, this is just too hard. You know, I'm going to study marketing, and maybe I can work for a theater company, work for a motion picture company. And then that's that's perfectly fine. And I'm happy that they've been able to discover that, that the path that works best for them. Um, but uh, what I have to do as a professor is try to, to give them a, a, a good balance of clarity of what exactly this business is like, what the arts are, and the probability of your your success happening like you think it's going to happen is probably won't happen. Um, but 
if you know you wouldn't be happy doing anything else, if you'd be plagued with what if, um, then you'd go for it. Um, so I also then have to give them encouragement, have to get them to believe in themselves. Um, and it's it's a tough balance. It's a tough balance. Um, but the real key is for them, for me to provide them the information so that I can give them my, my 30 years of experience in this business so that they can then decide what is best for them. Great. Uh, we've been talking to Marshall Jones III, who is the producing artistic director for Crossroads Theater Company, headquartered in New Brunswick, New Jersey. Give me a sense of uh, New Brunswick in terms of location. How far are you from New York, Philly, uh, or whatever? Yeah, it's about midway in between and in central Jersey. So you can take 95 and be to Philly in 40 minutes. You could take the turnpike and be in New York in 40 minutes at 3 o'clock in the morning when there's no traffic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's an hour train ride. New Brunswick is basically a a commuter, I'm sorry, not commuter, a college town. Um, it is where Rutgers University is housed, um, the major campus, which is one of the oldest universities in the country, started in 1766, before the country was, was even founded. Um, yeah. And uh, it provides us with um, a fertile, a fertile uh, amount of um, resources. Um, there's a, the Mason Grove School of the Arts, which is a fine um, uh, theater school and music school. I am a, a product of that school, and I teach there. I mentioned Avery Brooks, who's a product of the school, and 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 he taught there. He was my teacher. Um, some names you might know: uh, James Gandolfini is a Rutgers grad, and so is uh, Calista Flockhart, um, who played uh, Ally McBeal back in the '90s. Christian, uh, Christian. Uh, Oh man, her name just she was in um Sex in the City. She graduated a couple years after me. Um, mm-hmm. um Kristen Johnson. Kristen Johnson. Um so it's it's a it's a fine program and we you know, I have a, a good strong internship program where I'm using my students and introducing them to the world of professional theater, trying to get them to uh, what I'm teaching them in the classroom becomes realized and they can put in a practice, whether it's in marketing, whether it's in production, whether it's on stage. Um, So there's a a lot of that going on. There's also an arts district in town, so the George Street Playhouse, which is another uh, uh, not-for-profit theater, is right next to us. And then there's the State Theater, which is 1,800 seats, and they do uh, concerts and, and more musical events because it's it's a larger venue. Um, but it has a nice feel. Um, it's quaint. There's uh, great restaurants. We have uh, a couple four-star restaurants located in the town. There's a, a beautiful uh, luxury hotel right across the street. It's also the uh, worldwide headquarters of Johnson & Johnson, and they have been good partners with us. Um, as it relates to our growth and development. Oh, yeah. Johnson Johnson does a lot of great work. Yes. Great contributor. Yes, they are. They they um, certainly recognize the importance of being good corporate citizens. And uh, I want to remind our listeners that the movie Marathon will be happening 
and that you can contribute. That is a fundraiser there for the Crossroads Theater Company. And you can go to GoFund, that's F-U-N-D. GoFund, I'm sorry, GoFundMe. GoFundMe. GoFundMe.com backslash Marshall's Movie Marathon. Care to make a donation? Well, the old clock is letting us know that we're running out of time here. Okay. Um, Do you have any final thought, any final word, Mr. Jones? Well, I guess I'll just say to your listeners, um, you know, just look in your town. I know we're we're nationwide, and I guess we're on the Internet, so we're all around the world. All around the world. um, What I think is really important is to take um, some uh, young folk, whether he's in high school or college or she's in high school or college or maybe even junior high, and take them to a play. Not a musical where they're singing and dancing and kind of forgetting about their problems, but having a play where real life people, real life people are right in front of them, um, going through things, and um, it will challenge them and force them to uh, to pay attention. You, you can't just tweet it because it's going to be two hours. And um, um, I can say when they come to our shows, our goal is to have them go out different. You know, it might not be a major difference, but we've shared, we've enlightened them about something. Exactly. And, um, and we know that by doing that, we're making the world a better place. Well, I'm certainly glad that you um, took time out of your very busy schedule to join us here at the Gifts of Freedom. And my guest is Marshall Jones III, who is the Producing Artistic Director for the Crossroads Theater Company. New Brunswick, New Jersey. I'll be hitting that uh, Facebook page there and give you a like. That'd be wonderful. And you can you can participate in Free Ticket Friday tomorrow. Although you're in Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri, out here in the heartland. Okay, we've done some productions with uh, the University of Missouri in Kansas City. We just did okay. a play about uh, the Negro Leagues um, called Kansas City Swing. Yes, I missed it's that. It's about uh, Satchel Page, and we, we work with people at the Negro League Museum in, in developing it. And what was really interesting is that we were able to find an actual Negro League player. Uh, his name is Robert Scott, and he played for the Black Yankees. He was signed at 16 years old, um, and uh, he came opening night, and uh, he had front row seats, and what was really thrilling is during the curtain call, he leaped out of his feet and just hugged the actors. Oh, good for him. It was precious. He, he had um, his, uh, one of his Negro League jerseys on, and uh, he actually became the star of the show because during the opening night party, everybody wanted his picture or his autograph. And uh, he said to me, you know, I, I thought people forgot me. And uh, he was really pleased that... Uh, the the plight that these very talented athletes had to go through was dramatized on our stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the gift of freedom is certainly not going to let folks forget about black history, and particularly those individuals that were involved in the black baseball. Speaking of Kansas City, what about the Kansas City Repertory Theater? 
Have we done any work with them? Uh, no, I haven't, but they're a very reputable company, and, and UMKC has a very reputable theater program. Yeah. Um, There's a young brother here now that's written a play. It's going to premiere here pretty soon. And I think the title is Coming to Death. It's about two guys on death row mm. at a prison in Indiana. I wish I'd have listened more. They were on radio this morning. And uh should have listened a little bit harder. Okay. Uh, technical producer here is telling us it's time to go. Okay. Again, Mr. Jones, I appreciate your uh, coming in. And maybe we should get together here and do another show. You brought up a lot of topics that we probably need to explore. And uh, Absolutely. See if I can get some of my theater friends like Marceline Letcher up there in New York City. That would be great. Well, okay. Have a good night, and thank you so much for having me. Good night. Okay. I want to remind our listeners that the show is available, will be available, at blackhistoryuniversity.com, free of charge via iTunes. You can also pick up black history information at www.buryblackhistory.com. Can't get there? Then come to www.blackhistoryblog.com. If that's not enough for you, get to the gist of freedom.com. My name is Preston Washington. I've been your host, and good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.